Hi, Calling Family. This is Pastor Michael, and welcome to our church podcast. I'm so grateful for you tuning in today, and I believe today's message is going to strengthen your faith in Jesus. Our declarations today. I'm gonna have you stand on up as we uh, as you repeat this after me. I, we've been doing this kind of like a tradition, all right? Because I believe in the power of words, and the uh, words are so significant, all right, to our life. So I'm gonna have you repeat after me online or in person, and it says this: I am a child of God. I am filled with faith. I don't know what you were filled with this week. But today you're filled with faith. Somebody say amen. I am chosen. I am beloved. That's, G- that's what Jesus calls you, beloved. Isn't that beautiful? He calls you beloved. And one of my greatest aims in this church is to help you realize, just honestly, how much Jesus loves you. Because I think we have a hard time opening the doors because we've been hurt and broken in our life. We're afraid of being hurt again. But let me tell you, Open the door wide to Jesus. Let him show you how even on your worst day, he will make you feel like it's your best day. Come on, somebody say amen. I am called. Oh, here we go. That was pathetic. Here we go. I'm called. Refresh me with your word and light my path. Amen. You guys may be seated. Give the Lord one more clap as you take a seat. All right. So good. All right, I'm going to go to my knees and pray. All right. Father, we just thank you so much for today. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Simply for the fact that we woke up and we have breath in our lungs. That we can see. That we have have our family around us. More importantly, that we have our salvation in you. Forever forgiving all sin and iniquity. We're so thankful that there's some of those of us in the room, you've healed us. You've made us whole again. This is the day that the Lord has made. We choose today to rejoice in you, even if we don't feel like it. We love you, Lord. I'm so thankful for the saints and what you're doing at the Calling Church. I'm so thankful for your word that never fails. Your word never fails. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And Father, I pray that you direct us and Holy Spirit, that you move in and through us this morning, break down walls, change mindset, alter perspectives, touch your people and refresh them this morning. And and Father, we pray that the Dodgers would repent and then will the World Series. And if they do not win the World Series, it's because they did not repent. We pray that you start with Stan Kazan, the owner, Lord, and all the owners, bring down their pride in the name of Jesus, and we'll just throw in the Lakers. They need a revival in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, give the Lord a clap. All right. We are not praying for no angels or no giants. Maybe we'll, actually the Chargers might need prayers today as well. All right. Yeah, you guys perked up when we talk about sports. Come on, somebody. All right. Hey, we're so grateful that you're here. Thank you, Jeremy. Give Jeremy a clap for playing. Oh, I couldn't tell if you stopped playing with us or not. There, Jeremy, thank you so much. I have an important message that I believe will help you for your life and also a message that um, I think just so important for the people of God. Say people of God. If you are saved by grace, if you love Jesus and uh, you've given your life to him, you are his person, you are his child, you are called. 
And I really want us to see, and, and a, part of, a big part of this message is about seeing. Say seeing. Say, say louder, see. Right, a big part of this message is about seeing. Uh, I, I heard once a quote that uh, your perspective can be your passport or it can be your prison. How you see things can deliver you or it can jail you and lock you up with no key and forever make you de- or for seemingly depressed and dejected. The title of my message today, if I could title it, is not just Vision Sunday, but vision, say vision, is vital. Vision is vital. It is vital for your life. It is vital for the people of God. Vision is vital for the church, all right? And I'm going to be getting into that today. But I want to let, I just want you to imagine with me, how many of you want to buy a new house? Come on, y'all. How many of you want, it no matter if you already have one or two, you can share one with me, all right? How many of you want, again, how many of you want to buy a house, all right? How many of you dream, how many of you dream about, I know the economy is crazy, but watch this, God has good plans. Come on, somebody, all right? How many of you believe you, how many of you want to buy and dream of a new house? Come on, somebody, right here. All right, here we go, all right? Awesome. For those that didn't raise their hand, you're not ever, no, I'm just kidding, all right? But watch this. I want you to imagine with me for a moment that you buy, that God opens up the door. In fact, I'll just share a little bit of our story. I remember in 2019, Kree and I had been praying for a baby. We wanted a child, and it was so hard, for some reason, it was so hard to have a baby, all right? We had a lot of fun. I'm just going to leave that right there, all right? We, we wanted to have a baby, and then you go to the doctor, and the doctor's like, what do you do for a living? And I'm like, oh, my. I lied. I said, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a carpenter. No, I'm, just <laughs> I'm a pastor. And he said, hey, you're probably stressed. Just relax. And I'm like, don't tell me to relax. I'm not going to, you know, someone tells you to relax, I'm not going to relax anymore, right? And uh, I had believed in faith that my future was not going to be bleak, that all of God's promises are yes and amen, and that I could step into my future with faith. And I believed that God didn't have the worst plans for me. He had the best plans for me. And I remember in 2019 that Karina and I, we dreamed of a home. We dreamed of kids. And, it, and as we prayed and prayed and waited, let me tell you, God is faithful. Let me say that again. For someone who's, in, who's uh, maybe dealing with difficulty and depression and maybe you're going through a trial, let me say, God is faithful. It's just a matter of time before he comes through. He will come uh, through on time. Somebody say amen. He will. I will never forget 2019. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, I, I, I'm still a little upset the way my wife told me, but one day we were laying in bed and she said, where are we going to put the crib? That's how I found out that we were pregnant. I was like, what do you mean? Oh, what? Wait, why are you saying that? And she's like, uh, I was just wondering. She's like, actually, it's been a while. And I'm like, wait, are you, are, is this for, she's like, Michael, I have to take a test, but I think yes. And, you know, I'm so excited, you know. And later that uh, week, I found out that I was going to have my precious good-looking, beautiful, smart, intelligent, little cherub of an angel, hope. And I remember that year, uh, we got a new family car. Just things aligned in the right way. Not only that, we looked for a home because we wanted to move out of apartments. Man, I'm ghetto. I'm going to be on. My path is, I lived in apartments my whole life. I got to get out of here. How many know what I'm talking about? All right, don't raise your hand. All right. I didn't see you. All right. No, I saw you. We need a house. God has good plans for me. And I'll never forget, we found a beautiful home, and we, and, and, we, and we loved it. And there was a line of people, so to speak, waiting for that home. And we prayed and prayed and prayed. 
And I'll never forget the lady, she was a single, uh, a single lady, uh, uh, and she said, I really like you guys because you're, this is just the favor of God. She said, you're pastors and you're Christians. I really like you. I'm going to uh, omit the others, and I'm going to have you, t- I want you to be, I'm, oh, Jesus, let's go, right? And we said, only, there's only one problem. We, we really like this home. But we can't afford it, <laughs> all right? And it wasn't way crazy outside our budget, but we were honest. And I was praying, Lord, if she really wants us, she's going to lower that price. Well, we came back to her, and she lowered the price for us. All of these things, let me tell you, God had already, and you know what? So I look back, and we moved into our, our home, and uh, we moved into in it June 2019. Kareen was six months, and I look back. See, right now, let me just speak, and this is not even my message. I really feel the Lord sharing this with someone. Right now, you're in the middle of a storm. You're in the middle of confusion. You're in the middle of an obstacle, a test, and a trial. And you don't understand what you see right in front of you. You're, 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 you're talking, I don't get it. I don't understand. But watch this. It's going to make sense when you keep moving forward and be faithful, and when the day comes, you look back, then you go, oh, God, now I see what you were doing all along. Come on, somebody. We moved in that place in June 20, uh, 2019. Six, seven, eight months later, a whole COVID pandemic happened. I'm so thankful I didn't have my baby, my wife shacked up in a 630-square-foot apartment during COVID. God is that good. All right, amen. All right. So today I want to talk about vision. Imagine buying a house for the first time, your dream house, moving in. You, you, God gave it to you. You know, it's on the right block with the right neighborhood, all right. Uh, uh, you got a King Taco, so to speak, down the street, all right, so to speak, all right, your favorite restaurant. But imagine moving into that house and never making any changes or never dreaming of anything big, just allowing it to stay the same. Nobody moves into a house without ever having a vision of what it could be. When you move into a house, and in fact, Corinne and I, when we would look at houses to rent, I, she, I would always step into it and I would look, I would look at it and say, I don't like it at all. But Corinne always had the mindset, well, watch this, she always had the mindset and her family always had the mindset of what the house can be. Not looking at it as it was. Come on, somebody, hear me right now. They always had the vision of what it could be, not looking at it as it is. Somebody say amen. No, you see, when you buy your new house, you, you already picture it in your mind. You know where you want the kitchen. You know where you want the snacks. That's me, all right? You know where, where your TV's going to go. You know how you want the master bedroom to look. You have plans, all right? And watch this. Uh, 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 God has wonderful plans for your life. God has wonderful plans for your life. Do you believe it? It reminds me of a story when Walt Disney, I know Walt Disney then is not the same Disney today. Can I get an amen, hallelujah, Baptist shuffle? Yes, throw your hanky around. That is what is honest true right now. So when, uh, Disney, when Walt Disney World uh, opened in October 1971, all right, Disney had already passed away. The man himself already passed away. All right, and there's a legend, there's a story that goes that on the day it opened, one of the architects who actually built his vision, all right, was there. His wife, Watt was already dead, all right, and his wife was there at the grand opening, and the architect and all of the, so to speak, elites were there. And uh, the architect looked at Walt Disney's wife, and he said, and he said, man, isn't it such a shame that Walt couldn't see 
uh, this, see this, you know, right now, everything he ever dreamed of, everything he had ever hoped for, isn't it a shame? And his wife looked at him and said, he did see it. That's why you're standing here today. I believe with all of my heart and my soul that God has a prosperous future for you. Not just wealth, all right, but a prosperous future for your life, for your health, all right, for your mindset. And let me tell you, I'm not a prosperity teacher, but I do believe that God's plans and his promises are to prosper you, all right, in whatever way that looks like. Somebody say amen. Let me say why. So my, my objective today is to preach about vision. And a few things. My, my, my objective is to teach you about vision for your life. And my other objective is to teach you vision about this church. All right? Because God has great plans not only for your life and your future and your family. God has a vision and a purpose and a destiny for the calling church. Somebody say amen. But I want to get into this. Why is vision important for the people of God? Why is vision important for the people of God? Number one, watch, take notes if you're, you're taking, if, I hope you take notes, all right, or rewatch this. Vision is important. Watch this. I think we have it for the screen. Vision is all about direction. Vision is all about direction. In other words, where are you going in your life? You know, the book of James chapter 4, it says, what is this, what is your life? The Bible says this, James, James says this, what is your life? And the grand scheme of things and the longevity of things and the plan of eternity, the Bible says that your life is just a vapor. It is here and it is gone. Many are the plans of a man's heart, but it is the Lord who establishes them, all right? The steps of the, the righteous are ordered of the Lord. Watch this. I want to encourage you that when you uh, to not go on your own way, but to submit to God's way because those, are, those ways are far greater and far better, all right? So if you got plans and you got goals and you got a career and you got dreams, um, I, I want to submit to you to submit those things to God, all right, because ultimately his plans are the ones that prevail. Somebody say amen. So here's the question for you. Where are you going? What, is, what direction are you headed in, in your life? Let me tell you, one of the nicknames of God is that he, Jesus is that he's a shepherd. He's a good shepherd. God wants to lead you. He wants to bless you. He wants to give you wisdom and direction. After all, you were born with intention and purpose. You were designed with destiny. It lives within your bones. God wants to lead you as he leads the church. Now watch this. Isn't that funny and ironic? That before the foundations of the world you were thought of, before you were twinkling in your mama's eye, all right? And you might be an accident to them, but you are no accident to God Almighty. You showed up on time. You are not a mistake. And the day you were born, he said, you were born on time, so to speak. Now, how ironic is it to have our own plans, all right, when God has greater plans? He had them before you were born. Now, watch this. All of you here sitting in these seats trying to follow God's path, trying to follow God's way, is that you are here by divine assignment. You're on a time. You're, on, you're following his appointment for your life. He wants you to see the things that he has for you. But I don't know if you're anything like me. Are you anything like me? Oftentimes, I remember when I got saved, I was like, God, give me my future, my destiny right now. Tell me what I'm going to be. Am I going to be a Dodger? Am I going to play shortstop for the Los Angeles Dodgers? And then he saw the future and saw how wicked they were and said, no, I got better plans for you. All right. But I don't know if you're like me. You want to know all of God's plans right now 
But the truth of the fact is you can't digest them. You don't have the stomach, so to speak, to digest that. And, and you want to know who you're going to date. You want to know who you're, when your husband's going to come. Come on, ladies. I know that's a lot of you. You want to know, you want to know when you're going to buy that house. You want to know when that breakthrough is going to happen. You want to know this and you want to know that. But uh, that's a lot of me sometimes, especially as I, work, as I lead this church. God, what's five steps? God, what's ten steps or even twenty steps? I got a plan right now. But sometimes, oftentimes, for many years as I follow Jesus, God doesn't show you the next ten steps. God will show you your next step. Come on, somebody. All right? God will not always reveal to you what 25 steps looks like in front of you. All right? He's a lamp under your feet. All right? Your word is a lamp. In other words, it's just right here, right now. For a lot of us, we're in church and, God, what do you want from me? God, I want the things that you have for me. And maybe he might give you something. But oftentimes, Jesus is like, dude, just take your next. The church has been trying to tell you. Just take your next step. All right? So maybe you're wondering what your anointing, where your anointing is going to take you, where your calling is. But maybe your next step is just to get baptized. Come on, somebody. Maybe your next step is just to join a life group. And here's how faithful God is. Once you make that step, God will meet you at the next step. And when you take that step, he'll meet you at the next one. So instead of saying, God, show me the next 10, how about take the next one? Come on, someone. Just take the next one. I love what my wife preached about year, uh, uh, months, I think on Mother's Day, actually. I wanted to preach more. Come on, somebody, all right? One of the things that she said, she preached about motherhood, and she preached about Elizabeth and Mary. And I, I mean, I, 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 I'm a little bit of theologian, just a little bit, all right? I went to school. I'd never seen this ever in the text like she did. Uh, she, God had showed up to Mary and said that you're, you're going you're gonna to give birth to the Savior of the world. And Mary, can you imagine all of the emotions, all of the, what? I've never been with a man. You know, my, what is the community going to think about? And, 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 and she had a next step. And Kareem was, Pastor Kareem was telling us her next step was to see Elizabeth because Elizabeth was already a little further along the journey than with John the Baptist than, than Mary was. See, maybe for some of us, you, instead of thinking 10, 15 years down the road, just take your next step. And, I, and I, I pray that almost like a revelation for you. Because when you take that step, God is going to lead you to the next one. Come on, somebody. Maybe you did life groups. Maybe you did growth track. Maybe your next step is to jo join a serve team. Maybe your next step, all right, is, is to love people in a different way that you haven't before. So watch this. Start stepping. Start stepping. Somebody say Amen. Here's what Proverbs chapter 29 verse 18 says. In fact, watch, here's another, God just highlighted this to me right now. Someone is watching online right now and you're looking for God. You want, you, you are so excited for the things of God. Your next step is not only to receive Jesus if you haven't by way of online, but the step after that is to come meet us here at the Calling Church and worship with us and step into your destiny. Come on, somebody. You might be watching this tomorrow. You might be watching this today. You might be watching this on Wednesday on the treadmill. But this is a word for you too. Amen. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 18 says this. If people can't see what God is doing. By the way, God wants you to see what he's doing. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. And let me tell you, God has revealed already what his plans are in the scripture, in the word, all right? You want to know what some of the things that God has for you? They're right here in the word. You got to get in the word. I will never forget, uh, just to share a story with you, in 2009, 
I had known about Jesus. I believe I've walked with him as best I could. But I was so, at 2009 or 2008, I was at the worst place I'd ever been in my life. I was felt so low to the point where I wanted to commit suicide. I had deal, gone through a lot of hurt, a lot of baggage, a lot of depression. I felt like my life did not matter. And I was begging God, God, if I matter to you, not only why, do I, why am I experiencing all of this, but I need you to show me a step. I need, to sh- I need you to show me something. I need you to show me that I matter. I need to show you that my life can have significance and meaning because I don't see what you have for me. I don't see what you, ha- what you see. Can- show me what you see in my life. And I'll never forget. It was destiny. And I say it because it lives in my bones. I will never forget. I just I had this impression in my heart. And the impression was, Michael, go to church. Go to church. Just go. I just felt that. I'll never forget. I went to church not on a Sunday. I was so in need. I went on a Wednesday. You know what I'm saying? With no service. I showed up to the office and I said, I need to talk to somebody. I need to see a pastor. And then a pastor saw me. He met with me. He opened his door to me. He prayed with me. All right. He mourned with me. And little did I know that that pastor's assistant would be my future mother-in-law, that that, that that woman's daughter would be my wife, and I would have kids with her. I would, I would be healed and become whole. All right? my, I would, I would, God would ask me to start a church. Amen? So watch this. There's destiny living within you. God wants to guide you. He wants to lead you. There is a purpose for your life. And that's partly why we call our church the calling church, because God right now, let me say this, right now you might not see it, right now the news don't believe it, the news says otherwise, right now God is moving. I believe that these times are getting bad, and in a way, I don't have time to teach this, but I'm parking it, God has already, you know, what you see out there in the world, I've been seeing a lot of like those grab-and-go crimes, which is awful and sad. But watch this, it's a reflection of the spiritual climate out there. And watch this, God says, if you want that, people, community, or you want that, go have it. And in a way, it's a form of judgment. Because God is not stalling them, so to speak, from doing these crimes and these, the way things are. He's saying, go ahead. And so, oftentimes in the Bible, from cover to cover, God will say, you go ahead and go. You do whatever you want. Watch, you're going to come back to me. That's what I foresee on the horizon in the world today. We're going to see a great m- number of young people come to Christ. We're going to see people choosing Jesus. But watch this. I think the church itself needs encouragement. To not look down the drain, to not look back and say, look what was, look how things were. The best days of the church are ahead of her. Come on, somebody, say amen, all right? Rather than be discouraged, be encouraged about God and his future and what he has for his precious bride. Don't be discouraged by the news. Don't be discouraged by what you see on social media. Get your head in the book. Fold your hands and pray and see what the Lord is about to do. Somebody say amen, all right? So vision is about direction. Where are you going and where are you headed? I believe that day that I wanted to commit suicide, that wasn't God's direction. That was my direction. And let me tell you, the Bible says uh, 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 choose life. Choose life. When you choose God, you choose life because he is life. And right now, you might be wanting to go your direction, but I, I want to urge you with an urgency. 
to choose Jesus' way. And you may not know what that looks like, but maybe your next step is literally baptism. That's the way. Maybe your next step is a life group. And I want to just advocate for life groups right now. Watch this. Your life, some of us, a lot of us, including me when I was back then crazy, partying, drinking, all, all those kinds of things. When I got saved, watch this, I didn't have Christian friends. It was just me trying to figure out how to do this. And for some of us, we don't have any Christian influences or friends. Let me tell you, in a weird way, we'll be your friends. We're not perfect. Come on, y'all, all right? We need each other. I just need a Christian. Maybe that's your next step is to join a life group and build community and camaraderie so that you can together go uh, 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 according to God's plan. So vision is about direction. And God wants to lead you and direct you according to his plans and his purposes for your life. Somebody say amen. Here's the second reason why vision is important. And I said it a little bit. Vision is not about seeing things as they are. Vision is all about seeing things how they can be. Pay attention to this part of the class. Vision is not, if you continue to see things as they are, you are going to be stuck, you're going to be static, life is going to be mundane, life is going to be a living room with all the shutters closed and depressing, but watch this, what God wants to do, revelation is like light, God wants to throw up in the curtains of the bedroom or the living room to reveal to you his plans and his purposes and show you what things can be like uh, as opposed to how you're seeing them today. Somebody say amen. What does your marriage look like? What does your mental health look like? What does family look like? How does faith look like? What God wants to do through this message is sometimes what you, that's why retreats happen. Sometimes God wants to get, uh, put you on the mountaintop. He wants to give you an elevated view and an elevated perspective so you can see life, what it looks like up here. But a lot of us, we're, we live and operate in a, in a manner down here. All right, but sometimes God calls us to go a little bit higher to see with a little bit more perspective. All right, and we do this all the time. No one goes to the gym and signs up at the gym and goes to uh, LA Fitness or 20 and says, You know, I'm excited about joining the gym. And anybody excited about joining the gym? Maybe not, but uh, no one signs up and goes to the gym and says, I'm excited about looking the same way. Everybody goes to the gym and they see themselves looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know what I'm saying? That's what they see. That's what I look like. I don't look like it now, but one day I will look like it, all right? No one buys a house and and, uh, uh, dreams of it being the same, all right? How many, even when you go to Costco, you don't have all the money in the world, but you see yourself buying that, you see yourself buying that, you see yourself buying that, all right? Vision is not seeing things as they are. It is about seeing things of what they can be like. For many of us, a lot of us, online and in person, our eyes are not on the brightness of the future that God has for us. A lot of us, our eyes are stuck in the past. And you cannot move forward by looking backward. A lot of us, our eyes are on the divorce A lot of us, our eyes are on the perpetrator who abused you. A lot of us, our eyes are inside our soul and, and, and stuck on a fear. A lot of us, our eyes perhaps can be on the future, but when we look at the future, we see it with fearfulness and trepidation. But I have news for you today. God says, I have good plans for you. Plans to prosper you and not, you gotta fix your, see, watch this. 
It's like going to a gym. If, when you sign up to go to the gym, you see yourself in shape, although you're not in shape right now, right? You see a six-pack, maybe eight-pack, all right? You see yourself, you know, cut up, so to speak, all right? But what you do when you go to the gym, you start aligning your life based upon what the future looks like. Do you see that? You start changing what life looks like today. This is huge, practical step for someone. You change what today looks like because of where your destination is tomorrow. Oh, come on, somebody. You start getting in alignment with what that looks like today, all right? But for so many of us, our eyes are back there, so we have no alignment. And we, this is what the Bible says. We cast off restraint. We go wild. We don't know what to do. But God is trying to give you a picture of what your life can look like today. Your family, here's the picture that God has for your family, that your family can be healed. Here's a picture for your life, that you can overflow with life. God has a vision for you to love people without reservation. God has a vision for you to walk in purpose in his plans. God has a vision for you to have a mind that is filled with the mind of Christ, wholesome thoughts. You know, I practice sometimes with just my thinking, because sometimes we get ugly thinking. I read a book, all right, with my little girl, all right? And watch this. You don't have to believe every ugly thought you have. You can, you can blow it up in, a mind, in your mind. You can imagine blowing that thought up in a balloon and letting it drift away and not accepting that. Oftentimes, the devil wants to give you a thought and make you accept it and believe it as reality when God has a great, great path and future for our lives. God has a vision for you to walk in your gifts, to discover your gifts and your calling. God has a vision for you to have the mind of Christ. God has a vision for you to let go of the painstaking past and step into your future. Now watch this. Do you believe it? Do you believe that you can have the things that God desires for your life? That's often where it starts. Do you believe it? It reminds me of when the Israelites were in slavery. And one day, can you imagine? They're building the pyramids. They're doing their thing. All of a sudden, an 80-year-old man, so to speak, comes to them. Don't recognize them. And God given that man a revelation. That man said, you are God's people. You are Yahweh's people. And what God has decreed and declared is that you no longer shall be slaves. And now watch this. Vision is like a picture. It's a portrait. And look at the portrait that Moses gives to the people. He said, God has a, 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 a promised land for you, flowing with milk and honey. Can you imagine? They must have said, Moses, you is crazy, homie. Do you see what our reality looks like? Oftentimes, the people of God can be pegged as crazy because of what God has revealed to them. But watch this. God, Moses was saying, this is real. This is what God has for you. Now, you know that they had to go through a wilderness, and every, almost all the time, God was testing them if they believed it or not. Watch this. What you believe will guide you in the direction of, of, of what you're committed to. Do you believe that that? God does have these promises for you, that your life can be healed, that your family can be whole, that you can have a prosperity of life, all right, exuberant life. Because if you believe that and you're sold into that, that is the direction that you're going to go into. And that is what you're going to align yourself with today so that tomorrow you inherit that. Come on, somebody, say amen, all right. It uh, goes on to say this also in Psalm, chapter, uh, Psalm 147, verse 3. He heals the brokenhearted. God has healing for you and binds up their wounds. And watch this. Not only does God want to heal you, 
But God will use your pain and turn it into a purpose. Isn't that beautiful? First John chapter 3, verse 8 says the reason, and here's another thing that, that, that God has for the community and for us. First John chapter 3, verse 8 says the reason the Son of God appeared. Now watch this. Was uh, to destroy the devil's work. Somebody say amen. So that, what, so that you don't have to be shackled up and carried away with bondage and darkness. He has good plans for your life. He has great plans. And so part of this church moving forward looks like not just Pastor Michael and Pastor Kareen moving it forward. Part of it looks like us together moving forward together into the plans and the purposes that God has for our church. When I think about vision for our church, I think about the great heroes of faith. Now watch this. And I think, I can't see right now so much because it's dark, but I really do hope that this encourages you no matter where you are or wherever you are in your life. Because for some of us, we're going through a hard time. Some of us have been diagnosed with something. Some of us are on the backs of a divorce. Some of us um, have an ugly, uh, uh, broken mindset. We deal with depression. But watch this. This should excite us. Because what God, is gonna, what God desires for you is to give you direction. And that should excite you so much that it should change Tomorrow should change how you live today. Let me say that again. Tomorrow should change how you live today. Because how you live today should be in alignment with where God is taking you tomorrow. Do you see that? Even if you struggle, even if you have temptations, even if you move a, a, a back a step, keep put, it, put two forward. God wants you to change your today by what tomorrow looks like for your life. Somebody say amen. And what this means is that God wants to develop good habits. He wants you to let go, go of the old bad habits. When you go to the gym, you need to do it routinely or else you're not going to see no changes. You need a community, so to speak, to keep you moving forward. It is the same. It is so parallel, church and the gym, all right? God wants to change, God wants to change your today by what you see, by what he has for you tomorrow. But watch this. I think about some great heroes of the faith. I think about Moses who shared with Israel about who, uh, I already shared that one, but let me go on to other great heroes. I think about Abraham. Can you imagine God sharing to Abraham, who, whose name means exalted father? He, he could not have any kids. And God tells him, called him forth to go to the land that he would show him, that he would make many nations out of him, that, that he would have a son, an heir of promise. And although his body was good as dead, that's why the Bible says that he believed God and he was credited as righteous. All right, I think about Peter. Look at this, Peter. Peter and the 12 who were fishing. Do you remember how Jesus met, Peter met Jesus? Peter was fishing, all right? Wow, this is so awesome. Peter was fishing and he was having a bad day. He went out to catch fish and he couldn't catch anything. He was frustrated, he was dejected, he was depressed. All right, oftentimes when you're at the bottom, God will pick you up and make you see a new horizon. Come on, y'all. He came back into the port, so to speak, all right. And here's Jesus. There's a crowd he's teaching, and Jesus says, hey, can I borrow your boat? And Peter's like, there's nothing in it. I didn't catch anything. Go ahead. And what happens next is that Jesus teaches the crowds, and after that's all done, he has a special encounter with Peter, the future leader of the church. And he says, Peter, let's set out to Let's set out, to, to set out again to catch more fish. And Peter's like, but we, we've been out there. Didn't you, did you not see? Don't you see the boat is empty, all right? 
And, and he says, Peter says, because you say so, Lord, I will go out and do it. And you remember the story. They catch so many fish, all right, that they couldn't, could, that was so hard to put on board. And, and Jesus, that was, Jesus gave him vision. He gave him vision and he said this, I will make you fishers of men. And that day they left their, their jobs. That day they left uh, their, 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 the jobs, so to speak, to follow Jesus to change the world. Now watch this. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm asking you to dream with me. I'm asking there's three kinds of people in this world. There are campers, there are cruisers, and then there are climbers. Let me say that again. There are three kinds of people in this world. There are campers. If you know me, and you, you've got to know me at this church, you know my personality, I am not a camper. And if I see you camping in my church, I'm going to fold up your tent and say, let's go. Because this is not where we're supposed to stay. Somebody say amen. Then there are cruisers. Just taking it easy, going through the motions. But then there are climbers. And I want you to climb with me. I believe that you are here not as an accident. I believe that you are called here. In fact, I spoke to a woman last week, and she's been coming for a few months. She came, I believe she said, on Father's Day, and it was very special to her. She had planned to go to three churches, she said, in her mind. She said, I'm going to visit the calling, and I'm going to go to three other churches to see um, just, you know, if that one doesn't work out, I'm gonna, or, or even if it does, I'm just going to go see the other churches. And uh, she came, and she was so moved by the Father's Day service, she said, I didn't even go to the other other churches. I felt when I came that this was home, and she's on the process of and a journey of uh, of peace. She's on a journey of healing. All right. I believe that God wants to transform the community, not just through Pastor Michael. Watch this. The church is not built on the gift of one. The church is built on the gifts of many. Somebody say Amen. It, uh, so few. So one of us can do so little, but many of us can do so much, and it requires all of us, not some of us, not one of us to go into the direction that God has called us to go in. Let me tell you the church that I see at the Calling Church, and you might be think I'm crazy. That's all right. There have been plenty of people in my life who said I couldn't even start the church. There have been many people who said you won't ever do it. You don't have the experience to do it. You don't have the perseverance to do it. Look at me now, seven years later, in Jesus' name. Come on, y'all. All right. We believe that this church, God will use this church, I promise you, to reach thousands upon thousands of people. I really do believe that, not for ourselves, but for the glory of God. We see great things in our future, and it, watch this, an impactful music ministry that is recording and writing songs to reach and teach people. Did you see what happened up here today? Come on, somebody, all right? I believe that we, God has given us an anointing, my wife, all right, and our team in Jovan, to given us a special anointing to reach hearts, all right, through music, through music. All right. We see a church that is a lighthouse of hope. Scripturally speaking and biblically speaking, Jesus likens a church to a lamp. What does a lamp do? A lamp provides light to the community, all right? And let me tell you, right now all around us, there are people who are depressed, there are people who are dejected, there are people who are feeling low, there are people like me who wanted to commit suicide, who feel like they have no meaning and significance in their life, and, uh, and little do they know that there is a church that believes in the gospel of Jesus Christ, that heals, that forgives, that sustains and redeems. Come on, somebody. And I'm excited for this one, because we're going to be doing this one this year. I see a church that is a, a thriving family ministry, all right, from toddlers 
to teens, a multi-generational church that works together and uses our gifts together to glorify Jesus. A multi-generational church is a healthy church. And watch this, it is a necessary church. After all, God did say, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, all right? I see a church uh, that, uh, that believes and, and is firm on the word of God, a church that is discipling, equipping, and training people to be future pastors, leaders, and influential voices in society and the public square. We see a church that moves strongly in the Holy Spirit and is always tuned to the voice and leading of Jesus. I see a church that is not consumed with how it looks to the world but more importantly, how it looks to Jesus Christ. A church that is a beautiful bride to Jesus. I see a church that is significantly, watch this. I see a church that is significantly impacting the SGV Valley and their Los Angeles region. Seeing the lost come home, built up, raised up, healed, and whole. I see a church, I see God doing these amazing things. Let me tell you a quick story really fast. A few months ago, I went to Disneyland uh, with, with a lot of our leaders and staff here at our church. And uh, going there, I was a little, a little scared and nervous because um, my kids were coming, my, my little baby boy and my daughter, who was a toddler, three. And I had this feeling that, you know, because we went as a, great, a big group, that um, as my daughter, I, uh, my daughter went with other fa- uh, staff members and, you know, as a group, um, one of the things was, man, I, I, I don't want us to get distracted and lose her. And I'll never forget, one of the worst moments as a parent you can ever experience. We were at Disneyland, and um, uh, I was watching my son, and uh, I just had changed him. I came back from the bathroom, and uh, I saw my daughter, Hope, and, you know, we're talking to her. Me, Mom and Dad were right there, and Hope was right there. All of a sudden... I mean, like a flash. All of a sudden, I turned. Hope was gone at Disneyland. She, she was gone. I, can't, I mean, if you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, that's the worst feeling in the entire world, all right? Hope was gone. It was the most horrible two and a half minutes I'd ever, ever felt, all right, as a parent. And I didn't care what. When you lose your kid, you don't care what people think about you. I started screaming out, Hope. Hope, I mean, there's people everywhere. I mean, hundreds of people, every, hope, hope. And, you know, people scattered that way, and my wife went that way, and, I, and I'm the, hope, you know, hope, hope, where are you? And out of this crowd, I see her run back to me. I said, oh, what did you do? Where'd you go? Don't you ever do that to me again. You know, hope got so excited. Hope is a Disney princess herself. She got so excited. What had happened was she heard the parade go off. She saw the characters, and what did she do? She, she, she got distracted, and she ran off into the crowd. And we had no idea where she, I mean, it was the most horrible feeling as a parent. Hope, where are you? I was so thankful that she ran out back toward us. And, you know, I, I, I'm not going to lie, Corinne and I had a heated debate and discussion after that. Where you should have watched her. No, you should have watched her. And how many of you just know when you have a kid, I mean, that just happens. It's just, it's just going to happen. Here's what I'm trying to say with that. I really believe in my soul that there are so many lost people around us, 
So many broken people, they're crying out, is there anyone out there? Can anyone help me? I have addictions. I have struggles. I was, I, I, I was, I, I, I was left as an infant at the fire department. All these struggles. Is there anyone out there? And let me tell you, it is a burden in God's heart to reach lost people. And let me go on to say this. It's one of the reasons Jesus came, to reach the lost. You know, we've been here at uh, Wilson for over, for about a year now. And I had quite a struggle last year about moving here. I was comfortable. I liked my comfort at Jefferson, all right. How many were there at Jefferson with us? Just raise your hand. How many were there at Jefferson, all right? How many of this, this one is new to you, this church right here, this, this place, all right? I think a lot of you, all right? When we moved here, we cleaned up this whole, my mother-in-law and my father-in-law, they, they, had a, they had seen with vision, all right, what God can do with this building, all right? I have this stinking, thinking attitude sometimes, like, that looks like crap. Can I say that? I don't think anything's going to happen, all right? And we just, they cleaned it, painted it. Uh, we, we did so much work, and the district themselves go, whoa, look at what you, we had no idea. Look, wow. And uh, I had a struggle moving to this place because I go, God, it's bigger. It's, it's more than what we need. We, and, and, and in fact, at our Jefferson, we would fill that place up, and, you know, it, it was great, and I was comfortable there. But I have a suspicion. In fact, I have faith that God has brought us to this bigger auditorium, 800 seats. I have faith. I don't, and see, that. watch this. I, I, I don't have to see it to believe it. I see it in my faith. I have a sneaking suspicion that God has brought us to this place. It's because God wants to fill this place with hopeless, broken, lost people. Come on, somebody. We're not a church. You can give the Lord a clap for that, all right? We're not competing with other churches. We are not wanting other churches' people. We're here to see people who don't know Jesus come home to find Jesus and healing. Come on, somebody. And let me tell you, we don't want that, the, you know, other Christians. That's not how we see growth and success. We see growth and success by people receiving Christ and making a decision to follow him and taking their next steps. Watch this. There's not a scarcity out there for lost people. There's so many of them. In fact, Pasadena alone, the community is over 190,000 people. That's just Pasadena. Not Alhambra, not San Gabriel, not Temple City, not Duarte, all right, not, not Covina, West Covina. Even people come to our church from those cities. That's why I believe we're here. But watch this. Do you see it? My goal for by the end of 2024 we just got an extension on our lease. We renegotiated our lease. And part of my prayers on my vacation was, God, what's our next step? What's our next step? Where do you see this church going? Where do you see us moving? We don't want to stay. We don't want to camp. We don't want to cruise. We want to climb as a church and fulfill our mandate and our appointment and our assignment as a body, as a people of the living God. Come on, somebody. And as I was praying, God said, just wait till you talk to the officials at PUSD and just, you'll see your next step. And so we got, they, they, they lo- the district, this partnership, what we have with them, they love us so much. They really do. Because we, we want to be, we are and want to be a blessing to them and to the community. And we, we don't usurp them. We just say, we're here to serve. 
And God open, continues to open doors. So he has opened uh, this, these doors to the auditorium for another year, even two, all right? And so what I believe is that God wants to fill this auditorium up. I really do. And I have, I have an uh, audacious goal by the end of next year, 2024, I believe that we can feel, actually we can fill at least half of this auditorium. Somebody say amen. I really, really believe that people are going to come who are needing Christ. God is already working on them now. Come on, somebody. God is already working on them. Do you believe that with me? Will you climb with me? Will you go with me? Come on, somebody. Because alone we can do so little, but together we can do so much. That's one of the goals. In fact, it says this in Luke chapter 14, verse 22. It says, the Lord said to the servant, this is a, a, a story, a parable that Jesus is giving to the people. He says, go out into the highways and hedges and compel, say compel, compel them to come in that, that my house, this is Jesus, my house shall be filled. For I tell you that none of those men who are invited will taste uh, my supper. What he's talking about is the Pharisees, the religious. God wants his house to be filled. Somebody say amen, all right? But how will we get there? How will we get there? Number one, we pray people into the house. Somebody say amen. We pray them in. But number two, watch this. We invite. Say invite. We invite. You have, you, you have if you believe in Christ, you have the cure to what people are dealing with and facing, and that cure is Jesus. Don't be ashamed, don't be afraid. This is part of discipleship, that if we love Jesus, we're not gonna keep him to ourselves. We, what this beautiful gift that we have called salvation and grace and mercy and forgiveness, we want others to share in this family. Come on, somebody say amen. So what, here's my, my encouragement to us, all right? For us to, to see this place filled, we need invite. Invite who? Invite your neighbors, even the one you don't like. In fact, if you don't like them, you should invite them, all right? Inviting our coworkers. In fact, there's a story. I'm so proud uh, of Leslie. Uh, so Leslie's been coming to our church for years, and one day she shared with me that uh, she, she is a hairdresser, all right? Just free advertisement for you right there, Leslie. She's a hairdresser, and uh, someone came to her to get their hair done, and uh, the lady said to her, hey, I, you know, I'm looking for a church. Do you know one? And she goes, I absolutely do know of one. You can come to my church and attend with me. Well, that family, her, her, the wife came, the husband came, the kids came, the mother-in-law came, all right. And uh, not too long ago, they dedicated their children here. They found a home here. Come on, y'all, all right. We need to invite people. Because it's not just about buildings, bricks, and mortar, and stones, and stuff. This is about Jesus. This is about eternity. And watch this. What are we going to do with the gift of the gospel that we've been given? Are we going to sit on our hands and do nothing about it? Or are we going to do something about it in Jesus' name? All right? The, another objective that I have for our church within the next year is that we, be, in, in light of the times, not just despite the times, I really want to see a strong children's ministry at our church. Come on, y'all. A strong children's ministry. I really do. This changed when I had kids. Come on, someone. You know what I'm saying? When you have kids of your, or your own, you, things change. And when years, a few years ago, we had hope. We knew that, hey, if we're going to build a church, we need a powerful, inspiring, safe, spectacular 
uh, spiritual environment for our young ones to know Jesus and to be discipled by Jesus. Come on, y'all. How many of you know right now the climate out there is just confusing, it's demonic, and honestly, it's sad what kids are going through out there in the world. But at the calling, we're going to teach our kids who they are, whom they belong to. We're going to teach them the values and the ethics of the Bible so that when they go out there, they can say, "Uh uh-uh, I know who I am in Jesus' name. We want to build a strong children's ministry. So what we've done since, uh, since February is we've hired Erica, our dir- director. She's amazing. Can you give Erica a clap, by the way? She's amazing. She is, I mean, she's worked so hard, built a team, and it is doing such an, it is going so well. But the next thing that we want to do actually very soon, within a few months or even a month, is we want to move into the area of having an infant toddler ministry. Come on, somebody say amen, all right? And what that requires is we want a staff member um, that will uh, be the leader or director just for the infants and uh, the uh, infants and toddlers. There's so many families that come to our church, and I've already heard <laughs> they've told me, Pastor Michael, I want to come to church. I'm bring. I'm so sorry, my kids are crying. But is there a space for them to just? I can leave them, and I, me and my husband, you know, we're making space. Come on, somebody say Amen. All right. So that's our objective. And actually, we're going to take a special offering in the next few weeks. We're going to tell you more about those plans. But we want to have a special infant toddler ministry. And by 2024, we haven't set a date on it, we want to have a youth ministry because we have uh, junior hires here as well. I really do believe that God is doing great things. But watch this. If all we live up to is what we see now, we are not going to go nowhere. If all, we, if all we live up to is the mundane, the static, the status quo, we will have no, we are not going forward with God's plans. But what if we catch a vision about what tomorrow looks like and where God is leading us? And what if we change what today looks like so we get there tomorrow? Somebody say amen. In fact, I really want to share this with you on uh, the screen. Over the last seven years, this means a lot to me, we have had over 1,000 people make a decision for Jesus Christ. Come on, give the Lord a mighty clap for that. One th- come on, give the Lord a better clap than that. That is, that is people's eternity cha- transformed, lives transformed, disciples made. I believe that number is only going to compound and grow and grow and grow and grow. Why? Because people need hope, people need life, people need Jesus. So here's the thing. How can you be part of tomorrow's vision in our church? Say, how can you be part of the vision? Come on, say it with me. I'm going to make you say it. Say, how can I be part of the vision? Number one, pray. Pray for your church. Pray for the calling. Number two, this is huge. Say growth track. Growth track. We're having growth track September 10, right in the lobby. We're going to feed you, all right? And we're going to teach you what is growth track. Growth track teaches you the, 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 uh, how to become a, a member, so to speak, how to become planted at the calling while teaching you how to f- practically follow Jesus, all right? That's, how you, that's a big step as far as being a part of the vision. Be part of growth track, all right? Number three, life groups. Join a life group. Maybe you're ready to lead a life group. 
Time to lead one if you're ready for that. Number four, join a serve team and make a difference with us. Watch this. For where we're headed and, uh, uh, and growth to happen, we want desire to serve with more people so we can make a difference. Somebody say amen. Maybe you look around here and you say, man, Pastor Michael, there, there, I, there, this church needs that ministry. This church could use, oh, I would say hallelujah, you got it in Jesus' name. Come on, y'all, all right? Maybe you can lead and start a ministry to make a difference in the community. Join a serve team. Number five, you know, I always feel a little awkward with this, but it's a fact. It's true. Number five, how can you be part of the vision and make a difference? Number five is give. Be generous. At the Calling Church, generosity is our privilege. We value generosity. Pastor Karina and I, since we've been married for 10 years, going on 11, we have always tithed to Christ. And let me tell you, our our, our, our barns have been filled. Our cabinets have always had food. God has always uh, provided. And watch this. We are believing for what tomorrow looks like. God will, br- if he's giving us this vision, he's going to bring about the provision. Somebody say amen. All right. Maybe you've been watching with us online. We have several people who come to church uh, online and never actually been here. But how can you make a difference? You can share the link. You can uh, share our YouTube channel, our YouTube page, all right? You can share that with a family member, all right? And last and most importantly, how can you be part of the vision is invite. Say invite. Invite people to attend with you. Invite people to attend with you. Most of the, here's the truth. The truth is we can spend, and we probably will, we will spend money on a marketing campaign because it's effective, all right? But you know what is most effective? You know what's most effective? best marketing ever is when you say, hey, will you come to church with me? That person will come because they trust you. Amen? That's why invitation is so important. All right? And I'm going to end with this story. I know we're going long. Um, I've had the privilege of seeing uh, the, I've been to London and I've had the privilege and honor of seeing St. Paul's Cathedral in London. And it reminds me of, uh, talking about vision reminds me of the story of Sir Christopher Wren, who's the designer and the architect of St. Paul's Cathedral in London. It's a beautiful uh, uh, cathedral. You can look it up on Google. But one day while he was there who designed it, one day while observing the construction of the cathedral, Wren decided to ask the question to three bricklayers. What are you doing? He asked to the first one. What are you doing? To which the bricklayer rep- replied, I'm a bricklayer. I'm working hard and I'm laying bricks to feed my family. The second bricklayer answered, I'm a builder, I'm building a wall. But the third bricklayer gave an interesting response who would eventually rise in rank above all the other craftsmen when he was asked the question, what are you doing? The third one says this, with a gleam in his eye. He said, I'm a cathedral builder. I get to play a small part in the greatest kingdom of all, the kingdom of God. See, vision cannot always be, uh, it can be taught, but more importantly, it has to be caught. And right now what God wants you to catch is where we're going. We would love for you to come along with us, to build with us. Don't be dismayed by what you see around you. Don't be dismayed about the current predicament that you're going through. Align your life with what God's vision for you is tomorrow. And you will see breakthrough. You'll see blessing like you've never seen before. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I just want to pivot for a moment. Maybe you're here for the first time. Maybe you're watching online and you found us maybe through Yelp or Google. And maybe you really need hope. I have a question for you. Do you know Christ? If you're in the building watching online, do you know Christ? 
Do you have a relationship with God? In other words, if something were to happen to you today, would you spend eternity with God? Or would you spend eternity away from God? God loves you. And the gospel is this, that God sent his one and only son to the world to die on a cross to forgive us of our sins. And the reality is this, if we wear human skin, we all have sinned. We all have gone astray. But the good news is this, that God sent his one and only son that whoever would believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life now and forever. That you would spend eternity with him, not just when you die, but today. And today maybe your life is in chaos. Maybe today your life is a mess. Today you need hope. Maybe you're crying out to God like I did years ago. Let me tell you, not only will God forgive you of your sins and your mistakes, but he also put your life together back again. He will heal you. He'll bind up your wounds and heal you. You say, Pastor Michael, I know I need God. I've been needing God. I need God to clean up my life. I need God to transform my life. I've tried it all, drugs and popularity and women and and, and men and relationships. It all is nothing. I know I need God. What I would say for you, this is your next step. Maybe your next step today is just to receive Jesus by faith. You don't have to dance. You don't have to jump through hoops. You don't have to fill out any connection card. Just receive them. The Bible says by faith. And when you accept Jesus into your heart by faith, the Bible says that uh, you will be saved. He's going to put your life back together again, and life will never be the same. You say, Pastor Michael, that's me. Well, we're going to do this together. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to put a mic in your face. I'm not going to ask for your phone number. I'm not going to ask about any information from you. I just want to connect with you and agree with you while every head is bowed and every eye is closed. Say, Pastor, I want to receive Jesus today. Don't wait. Here we go. Online, if this is you, just connect with your chat host. They will connect with you. Here we go. Ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to accept him by faith. Amen. I see someone over there. So good. So powerful. Amen, amen, amen. I see you. So good. So powerful. Amen. All right, hands down, all right, eyes open, heads up. Let's give the Lord a mighty clap, amen. So good for that, so, so powerful, we appreciate that. I'm gonna have you stand on up, all right. I'm gonna have you stand up and I'm gonna, we're gonna pray this prayer together. I'm so proud of you for, for those of you that raise your hand, honestly, so proud of you for making that step. Life will never be the same. Come on, step into your future and you're stepping into it by making that decision. Repeat after me, say, dear God, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die for my sins. I believe I'm a sinner and I'm in need of a savior. Lord, I accept you. I confess with my mouth and I believe with my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. I wanna follow you for all the days of my life, put me back together again, and I trust you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen, amen. Come on, give the Lord a clap, all right? What we're gonna do right now is we're gonna go back into another uh, a song, and we're gonna declare that God has good plans for us, amen? Thank you so much for tuning in to today's message. Our mission as a church is choosing Jesus, chasing freedom, discovering our gifts, and serving Jesus. I have a question for you. What is your next step with Christ? Take your next step today by visiting thecallingla.com. If today's message touched you, we'd love to partner with you in sharing the hope and the message of Christ. So visit thecallingla.com give.